Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel, here along with our content manager, Katrina Linhard, and our guest today, James Barrett, co-founder and head of business development at Tenant Turner. This is actually the second go-around for our interview with James the first one, uh, recordings were lost in a server crash from Crowdcast. That's nothing against Crowdcast, though. They're a great company. Y- use them if you want to live stream stuff. Just don't record sessions while they're doing maintenance <laughs> on their servers. We've learned our <laughs> lesson. Um, but today we're going to uh, dive into how Tenant Turner takes on lease management for property managers and landlords. Um, James, welcome again. Yeah, to thank the show. you. Yeah, see, you, you guys told me you were bringing me back because the first show was so awesome. I didn't realize you, you lost the content. <laughs> we had to redo it. What's that all about? Yeah, right. We had to do the bait and switch to make <laughs> sure we got you back on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, technology. What are you going to do, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, as a tech company, I, I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you've had your days in oh, yeah. early startup mode where you've run into server issues. I know we've had. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember short story here. I remember when I was a developer, I actually wrote a bug into the code. It made it through all the different pre-release uh, levels, QA pre-production, um, and it made its way all the way out to production. And it was a customer service platform for a power company. So a highly utilized tool that every time somebody went to the billing page, an alert would pop up that said, hello because I was testing a JavaScript change. And so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, bugs happen, issues happen. It's about how quickly you can resolve them and you know overcome them and just make it right for everybody. Exactly, yeah. Um, now we just get extra time with, with James. Yeah, so it was a benefit yeah. for us. That's right, that's right. And we're actually coming back to this round with uh, some drinks at the table. We had talked about doing beers, right? But we had just realized no one has a beer. That's right. It's it's Friday afternoon, so it's a good it's a good time to drink. So so cheers, cheers to you guys. (laughs) Cheers, cheers to all. And so I've got show it all, show off that wine. Yeah, yeah, the the wine. Yeah, so this uh, is I've got wine in a tap house mug because, (laughs) as when I was saying Thursday night football, all my beer got drank then. So this is the leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) All the alcohol in the apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool, James. uh, Let's start with like a quick catch up for everyone that doesn't already know you and Tenant Turner. Um, and I know you do the, the, do you do the pitch all the time? Right. So we're going to have you give us the 
pre-canned Tenant Turner pitch in all its glory. What is Tenant Turner? That's right. Yeah. What's, what's, what's one more pitch, right? It's like at a conference, you just line them up and knock them out. So. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so Tenant Turner, for anybody who's not familiar, is a leasing automation tool. So from the moment that a property goes on market and tenant leads start to inquire about it, we can take care of the emails, the phone calls, the text messages, take those off the property manager's plate, get those tenant leads pre-qualified in a fair housing compliant way, which is increasingly more important, um, and then ultimately get their showings coordinated, um, either with a leasing agent or electronic lockbox or electronic lock or smart home device. So that way people can go view the properties, simple, uh, easy, and create enormous efficiencies for, for the property manager. You know, so ultimately what our goal is take these tasks off their plate so they can focus on critical items like growing their company, growing their teams, and just having a phenomenal business. So we, we talked about this last time and I always like pairing how you got started with what your service does. Cause I think it yeah. provides really good context into the, yeah. the problem space. Uh, how did you come up with the idea for tenant Turner? Yeah. And so this was something that myself and my two co-founders and I, we struggled with as, as landlords that each had a couple of properties. And so you know, for us having full-time jobs, um, it was tough. Whenever a phone call came in, you can't just pop out of a meeting so that you can talk to a tenant lead who's going to ask you the date the property is available or if it accepts Section 8 or if it has a fence, even though all these things are already in the description. So, um, so yeah, it was really, really difficult for us whenever the properties came on market. Um, and so we would get together and inadvertently be bitching and moaning about how, uh, how the process sucks and how there aren't any great tools other than Craigslist or Zillow rental manager. And they really just left the process short of, of, you know, really being a whole automation type tool that property managers and landlords need. So we saw the gap in the marketplace. We started creating a product for ourselves through um, our association with some bigger property management firms like Dodson Property Management in Richmond and through our relationship with NARPM, which has grown quite a bit. Um, we've been you know, focused on helping residential property managers now for the past five years, but it did. It all started with you know, a personal need that we had as rental property owners. And you mentioned Zillow and Craigslist, which I think like the landscape for those two has really changed in the last couple of years. Like when I look at Craigslist now, I feel like that's, it's always been there, but it's kind of become less and less important yeah. in like the listing space more recently. And then I've seen a lot of sort of conflict around the way Zillow's starting to manage um, the, the listing side. And a lot of what they're doing sometimes seems just like a kind of a cash grab. Do you have any thoughts on on that and how that's yeah. changed. Yeah, we, we, we've, you know, we've got to be mindful of the fact that, you know, Tenant Turner, we're a lead management solution, basically, you know, a CRM is where, where we start in. And so we, we have um, various listing partners and it is amazing that, you know, just a few years ago, Craigslist and Zillow, that was all there was, you know, that was really helpful to generate to tenant leads. But you're right with, with Craigslist in particular, you know, we track lead sources throughout their life cycle once they inquire through to assign lease. And like the number of tenant leads coming from Craigslist is, is dropping dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, so not only is it 
that, you know, I think fewer tenant leads are going to Craigslist because now they have better alternatives like Facebook Marketplace. Um, but also I think fewer property managers, particularly professional property managers are posting to Craigslist. Um, and it's really because it's just wrought with scams and, and fraud. And, you know, the number one source for rental scams is, is it's, it's Craigslist. So just avoiding it at all costs. We, we have customers of ours who in their ads and even at the homes, they'll put up signs that say, if you found this property on Craigslist, it is a scam. Do not talk to that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by them avoiding Craigslist in its entirety, they can say that it's a bold statement, but it helps protect them and the prospective tenants from getting scammed out of any sort of security deposits or application fees. I feel like to the, the other listing pages dedicated to it, like Craigslist isn't dedicated to, oh, yeah. you know, rentals. So they, they can't put the focus in it yep. and these other resources. I mean, including tenant Turner, you can put the yep. focus into creating a good experience for those tenants. Um, yep. looking I mean, you me. might, you might remember uh, like Padmapper. they're owned by Zumper now, but you mm-hmm. know, Padmapper was created only because Craigslist was the repository for all of the listings, but there wasn't even a map feature on Craigslist. And obviously when you're looking for a place to live, you want to look at it on a map. And like Craigslist didn't have that feature. So Padmapper went out, scraped all of Craigslist and then put the pins on a map. And then they became, you know, a a pretty big site, Um, you know, until eventually Craigslist sued them for, for scraping data and, um, and then they did end up getting bought by Zumper, but it's still an active listing site that generates tenant leads today. So, but its originations were all based upon the shortcomings of Craigslist and the lack of certain features. And I remember when it was like surprising to see pictures on a Craigslist listing, <laughs> it's just like a block of text was yeah. how you had to used to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So. I'm curious, like if you can walk us through end to end what like a workflow looks like for someone using Tenant Turner, just to yeah. give a little bit more like clarity and how, how someone would actually use you guys and, and what parts of the puzzle yeah. um, they're basically kind of offloading. Yep, exactly. And so for, for us, it's really it's it's whenever you're trying to create an automated leasing process, trying to create efficiencies for your team, trying to scale up without having to add a bunch of leasing agents or front office people to answer calls or respond to emails. You know, 70 percent of, of the, the calls that come into our system, the people, the tenant leads, they choose to do a self-service option. So so prospective tenants who are out there looking for properties they're calling in at 10 o'clock PM on a Tuesday. They're inquiring at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, and they want to be able to get themselves booked, go see these apartments and rental homes and whatnot. Um, and tenant Turner allows that to happen without the property manager lifting a finger or a phone. So a, a lot of times when somebody's coming to us, they say, James, we're being inundated with calls, emails. We can't keep up with the demand. We're missing out on good leads. As soon as we can get back to them, they don't remember who we are, what property they're interested in. Um, and so what we can do is just provide that immediacy for those tenant leads, which is to the tenant leads benefit. That's what they want. That's what we want whenever we're looking for a, a new home. Um, the other part of it is just making sure that those things don't fall on the property manager's plate, which is already overflowing with so many things. So Yeah. Is there like a... Um rule of thumb like estimate you have for like when it when a company starts using tenant turner like how much time are they actually adding back to their day 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's a tough one, and every market's a little bit different, right? So yeah. with, with Tenant Turner, the values there, whether you're in a really hot market, being over inundated with tenant leads, you know, if you're if you're in a market where vacancy rates are low, tenants are extremely motivated, they're inquiring about multiple properties all at one time, you just get overwhelmed, you know. And so we're going to save all that time from those inquiries coming in, having to be reviewed, responded to, and followed up with. Um, on the flip side, if you're in a market where maybe demand isn't as great, it's oftentimes a lot less about the time savings we're going to be able to provide the company, but it's more about that immediacy, that 24-7 uh -huh. option, the ability for them to do it on their own at any time during the day, even if the property manager is meeting with the team, an owner, or dealing with a maintenance issue, it ensures gotcha. that those leads don't fall to the cracks. So, um, yeah, I'm so assuming yeah. it's like it, it'd be like a almost a business requirement in a market like that to have something like tenant turner because if you're only yeah. dependent on you being the one responding yeah. to a tenant and like of course like as the property manager your number one is get that unit filled right that's how you yeah. make money yep. and if you're gonna lose out on that tenant because someone else pick up the phone first yeah like you just how much money did you just lose yeah, it, it, and it, it's crazy. You know, we look at it as like based upon the average, uh, you know, rent rate and, you know, uh, each day vacant is anywhere between 40 and $60, right? So if they miss out on that tenant and they miss out on that one that would have signed the lease and then it extends the vacancy for that particular property by a day or a week, I mean, they're, they're losing a lot of money. Um, and so not only are they losing the money for their clients who are, you know, the property owner who's not going to get that rent check sooner, but they're also missing out on money for themselves because without that rent coming in, it delays their opportunity to capture the management fee from it or the lease up fee too. So by reducing the days vacant, reducing the rent loss due to vacancy, um, plus making them more efficient, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great tool to keep things moving, but ultimately put money back in their, in their pocket. So James, I think that that's, uh, you touched on a good point about like what can put a lot of pressure on property managers in terms of just like minimizing the amount of days that a property is vacant. But I think sometimes that can also turn into you're taking a lot of low quality leads because you're in a rush. Um, yeah. So how do you guys handle filtering out low quality leads and um, placing up higher, the higher quality tenant leads? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And that, that honestly, you know, maybe my friends and I were a bit bougie when it came to tenant leads, but one of the, the core assumptions when we created Tenant Turner was quality leads, not just the lead management system, but quality leads. And as we've defined quality, it's really a match. So we have a proprietary algorithm we call the tenant match algorithm, and it's not like a credit score, right? Your credit score follows you from house to house, whether it's a $3,000 a month house in the hills or a $300 a month efficiency someplace else. So what we did is we said, all right, every house has an opportunity to be a match for somebody and every lead has an opportunity to be a match for a house. So given the property management's unique criteria, they can say, look, this is a no pet property. We don't accept government housing vouchers here. We don't accept people with past bankruptcies or evictions, whatever their criteria is, we can then calculate how good of a fit that person is for that property. We even take into account things like recency. You know, if you're if you had a bankruptcy from this year and it's not discharged yet, well, that's a lot worse than somebody who has a bankruptcy from 10 years ago because of a divorce. So we can take into account all of those things, find the right fit for somebody. And if they're not a good fit, we kindly let them know. So that way that property manager doesn't keep getting followed up with. 
Um, and then what we'll do is we'll try to redirect them to that property manager's other properties, you know, to see if there's a good fit for them. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think too, actually that that's kind of like an interesting point. And, um, I was talking to someone about this a couple of weeks ago and I can't remember who, but basically we were talking about was it how a lot of, on our live podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually wasn't. Um, I would have remembered if, if it was you. The bearded gentleman. Like in the mood. Yeah. Yeah, had a beard, like kind of house logo on his shirt. Yeah. Talking about, yeah, you know, yeah. drinking, drinking a cider on Friday. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but we were basically talking about how property managers often, I think, miss an opportunity with the the tenant leads that they get that they don't place. Um, and it's not so much an opportunity, it's more of like a risk that a lot of companies open themselves up to, to get hammered by negative reviews yep. because of the way they deliver the news when someone isn't a good fit or that they don't even respond back and they go they like... And that, that, that honestly, you know, that is the number one thing I see property managers do. Their tactic for letting somebody down easy is avoidance. And then that turns into a person who is normally eager, who normally has short timelines, and then goes to social media, goes to Yelp, goes to Google and says, I did this and that. And this property manager never got back to me, never showed my house. And it's not that they weren't showing the house. They just weren't showing the house to you. But when a prospective owner sees that review and says, well, why would I, why would I let this person be my property manager? They're clearly not showing houses to the appropriate people. Well, they're not the appropriate people. And so one of the things that we've iterated on quite a bit is our messaging to those tenants, particularly those that are not a good fit. Um, you know, candidly, when Tenant Turner first started out, it was kind of a soft message. And it said something like, you know, um, sorry, you, you don't necessarily meet the requirements. Uh, the property manager may be in touch. The reality is if, if you don't meet or are not near the requirements, the property manager is not going to be in touch. And so what they need is closure. And so that's something that we can provide them. And we can be very specific with why they are not a good fit for that property. And really what we found is all that is they want to know. If they think they're still in the running for their favorite house, they're going to move, you know, they're going to move mountains in order to try to get into that. And if they can't get into the house after all that effort, that's when they go to social media and they say, this property manager is not responsible. This property manager is not wanting to show the house. Why would anybody ever use this property manager? Clearly, they don't care about their tenants. And that's when, you know, all hell can kind of can kind of break loose. So yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about, you know being clear, being concise, and making sure that the message is delivered, that they are a good fit and they can take the next step or that they are not a good fit, but hopefully there's other opportunities out there for them. I think it applies too to any other area in property management. So like anyone listening to this, running a property management company, it's, I think it's a lot about that, um, you could call it SLAs or expectation setting that when it doesn't matter who the, the customer is, whether it's, you know, the property owner that's actually paying you the bills, right, every month, or whether it's the, the tenants applying to, you know, the, the vacant units, whatever it is, if you set the right expectations with each person and you're clear with the communication, generally people are going to leave happy. Yeah. But if you're kind of like wish-washy yeah. and you're leaving people without closure... Yep. That's when people will create their own expectation. And as soon as they're creating their own expectation, you're in like pretty dangerous territory. Yeah. 
And I would say, especially in this industry, because like, you know, we talk about them as a lot of things, properties, rentals, investments, right? But the reality from the other side of the, of the world, it's, you know, the tenant, it's their house, it's their home, it's where they will live. It's oftentimes where they will raise their family for at least a period of time. So, you know, I, I often try to think of it from that lens. When somebody sees this house and we've all been there before, this house, this apartment, this whatever, and you kind of fall in love with it. You like the pictures, you love the virtual tour, the description's perfect, the schools are exactly what I want them to be, and then you can't get into it. Like that's a heart, it's a, it's a heartbreaking moment for that person. And so if they don't feel like they've got that closure and they feel like they still have an opportunity to get that home to live in, they're gonna go after it. And then they're gonna go after the property manager if they don't get what they want, you know? So it's kind of like, a, you know, a dog with a chew toy, like that, that, that home is an important thing. It's not, you know, it's not a lunch option that they can just go down the street and just grab another one. You know, the, the number of homes that a person is truly interested in when it comes time to rent something, there's only a few out there, you know, and it's ultimately what we're trying to do is help accelerate that match that between person and property and hope that we find the right fit for everybody. Yeah. And I think in terms of um, effective communication, looking at it, both ends of the table too. Another cool thing that you guys offer is um, tenants can also, after they've seen a place, review the place or give feedback on the yep. place. So the property manager can understand um, how their property's doing in the realm of in the realm of the tenants. Yeah. And that, that, that's such a huge uh, part of the showing or viewing process is being able to collect that feedback after the fact, because it, you know, it's, it's not only a great tool for the property manager to get a sense of what the tenants are thinking, but it's a great tool for them to communicate to the owner to say, hey, look, we're pretty consistently seeing that this, this house is priced too high for the neighborhood or the time of year. Like, let's go ahead and get a price drop. That is what the market is saying. Um, and I think, too, from the property manager's perspective, if you're a busy property manager and you're growing, you can't be in 10 places at one time. But if you've got 10 listings on the market and you know, you thought you paid somebody to cut the grass and they didn't, and you get that as feedback, that's immediately like, let's, let's get this taken care of. And, you know, what we find is, you know, particularly our customers who are busy and growing, they're not, they're not trying to be negligent or neglectful, uh, but you quite literally can't be everywhere all the time. Uh, and with property management, particularly with single family rentals, the, the houses are everywhere. And so having these tenant leads have a feedback loop to say the status of the property, the status of the area, and be able to share that through text message and to show up in the uh, property manager's inbox, um, it really helps them stay connected with the property without actually having to be there. So I want to maybe take us off track a little bit because okay. um, you, you've talked a lot about kind of the systems processes to enable growth in property management companies. So I'd like to explore beyond tenant Turner, kind of like at a higher level, some of these systems and processes, you know, folks can do to accelerate growth. I, I see tenant Turner as sort of the, a, a system that saves you time where you shouldn't be spending the time because there's the system to do it for you. Yep. Um, I'm curious when uh, you started Tenant Turner um, and as you were building Tenant Turner and growing your business, were there a few key things that you immediately saw opportunity to start delegating out or, or automate to help you accelerate your business's growth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
there, there's definitely a lot of that. And, I, and I'm, an, I'm a big advocate of doing things that don't scale up front so you can learn from them and really define what you want that process to be, whether you're going to build something or, or pick a product. Um, and that's something that we did. We took a lot of that burden on ourselves. You know, when, when we first started Tenant Turner, my cell phone was the number that was on all the listings that we pushed out. <laughs> Obviously not, not scalable, right? But once you've talked to 100,000 tenant leads, you really understand who they are, what their pain points are, how to create an efficient system to get them through the process. So, so doing things that don't scale is really important. Um, but then in our case, because we were developing, you know, there was a lot that we did see that we were doing as an auto or as a uh, manual task that we could, you know, automate. Um, and we use different different tools like Twilio for our phone side of the system, you know, Stripe for our billing and, and trying to take existing software products or platforms and plug them into our, our own. Um, and that's how we see Tenant Turner for a lot of these property management companies. Sure, mm -hmm. you, you need a Buildium, you need a Tenant Turner, you need a Latchel. Like we want to make sure that we can be part of that ecosystem for you just as much as Twilio and Intercom and um you know, Stripe are for, for us. So leveraging leveraging existing tried and true products where you have companies who are solely focused on the success of this part of the process has really been critical to, to our success and, and making sure that we do. We, we, we figure out what's important to us by taking it on up front and then we pick the right, you know, technology that helps streamline that for us. You, you mentioned um, Buildium in there, and I know you have a partnership with Buildium so that anyone on Buildium can easily plug in Tenant Turner. And I think, like like you said it best, that for for ease and for the system compatibility and all that, you want everything kind of plugged in. You don't want to be managing things in disparate systems, different data. You want to do the best to bring all that together yep. so it, it's consistent. It's like a single workflow. Yep. So I know, you, I know you guys integrate with Buildium. I'd love to hear more about like how that works. So anyone that has Buildium can get a better sense for how you're actually plugged in with them. Yeah. And, and Buildium, they're, they're such a great partner and they're, they're so, I really like how they approach things. Right. So with, with anything with technology, you can, you can, you know, you can put up the barriers and say, no, we're not going to talk to anybody ever, you know, from a partner or product to product perspective. And that's, that's really at Folio's approach and yeah. not a single person who's going to watch this and be surprised that I said that that's, that's who they are. They don't like to talk to other systems for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, we have some companies like, like rent manager, a really robust API where you can really do just about anything with it, but in order to do just about anything, you have to have the skills to be able to do just about anything. So we have some customers who also use Rent Manager, highly sophisticated individuals, access to developer teams, um, and they're building their own custom dashboards, pulling data from Rent Manager and Tenant Turner. It's really, it's really neat stuff. I'm curious, uh, do you guys integrate with Rent Manager? Are you part of their? You are. Yep. Okay. Yep, cool. We are. Yeah, and it's so anyone on Rent Manager could also just kind of like button click plug and play tenant turner that's right yeah and with and with rent manager it, it's a it's a bit more complex because they are so open you know i have folio mm -hmm. it's so simple and so closed off and then rent managers you know a little bit more complex because it's so open with mm -hmm. with their api and different partners um 
and then Buildium is kind of kind of squarely in the middle. Like the the way that we work things out with Buildium, this is how they work with their other partners. Is they they assess a particular problem area. So they looked at Tenant Turner and our competitors, and they said, "All right, we need somebody to help in what they call us a showings coordinator. They, we need a showings coordination type tool that we can plug into our platform. Uh-huh. They, they weren't going to be like Rent Manager." and have an API where anybody can integrate and they weren't going to be like at Folio and be completely closed off. What they did was we're going to create a, a best of breed integration with one partner that we, we know, love and trust and, and make a really great user experience out of it. So um, that's a little so bit of how like Android and iOS was yeah. not now, yeah. less so now, but early yeah. on, I remember Android just being this like free for all. It's like you yep. had no idea what you were going to download if you were like oh, yeah. <laughs> you found an app in their marketplace. Whereas yeah. like iOS was like the opposite. It was like super curated. Oh yeah. Like I had friends building apps that would take months for that oh, thing yeah. to get approved. As a barrier to entry. I mean, remember, uh, yeah, I remember that with iOS development. I was like, well, if you got into the app store, like that's an immediate barrier to entry for anybody creating your stuff. And, and right. I remember reading an article about Android a few years ago and it was like, there was over a thousand fart apps. It was like, just, okay, <laughs> right. they were like, whatever, you got fart app, boom, you're in, you know? Yeah. But but on iOS, there's only one one good fart app, I guess. I don't know. Highly yeah. curated fart apps. Yeah, highly curated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. I'm curious, like, are there other um, integrations you're planning on? You, you talked about Rent Manager, you talked about Buildium. Um, Curious, are there other integrations you're, you're, you're building toward? And uh, maybe not, but I'm also curious, for someone that doesn't have those two platforms, like how do they interact with Tenant Turner? And the, good, the great thing about Tenant Turner is you, you don't have to be on any particular platform. You know, we work with, uh, with customers who are on all different kinds of tools from Yardy Rent Cafe to Appfolio and Propertyware. And Buildium and Rent Manager, you know, there's there's no limitations there. Some of our customers, they don't have any property management system at all. And some of our bigger ones, they've got their own proprietary property uh. management software. So so there, there's always a, a way to, you know, to get in there, share data and make it make it as straightforward as possible. Um, the nice thing about like our, our building integration is not only can you share data back and forth, but we're sharing data in real time. We have a single sign-on integration that allows them to just click a button from building to come into tenant turner without having to log into it. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so it's like, yeah. it's little things like that, like the billing, they're not getting billed differently by tenant turner. It's just added to their building and bill. Um, so it, it's, with building, you know, there's definitely some nice icing on the cake there to just really streamline every part of the process with every data point all in real time from billing to integration to um to even some of the support stuff that we do with between us and the building support team so that's great so for those who who might not know um i know you said that you work with companies that have thousands of properties and then some smaller ones that just have just a few doors do you have kind of an ideal client of um, how many units they have and when is a good time to start using tenant Turner? Yeah, you know, for, for, for us, what we see is, you know, our, our average customer is, is essentially the, the NARPM profile. And, and some of that's because that's where we've seen most of our growth is through the NARPM conferences and, and our association with, with them and our membership with them. And we go to just about every conference. We have great relationships with the members, those that are customers, those that are not. 
we speak at the different NARPM events on technology and efficiencies and, and lead management and all these different things. So um, our profile is, you know, those those property managers who have a couple hundred uh, doors under under management. Um, and really for us, the, the perfect profile is, is somebody who wants to focus on growth. You know, I, I, I'm talking to, to somebody now. She's in San Diego. She has two properties and she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm too early for this. She's like, but you know what? I don't want to talk to the tenant leads. And I was like, well, then you're not too early. Like if, you're, <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if your problem is that you don't want to talk to the tenant leads, well, I, we've got the solution for you. You don't have to like in our price points are, are really low. Our packages start at 50 bucks a month. And it's like, you know, for a lot of the, the the smaller folks who may not think they're big enough for tenant turner, once they realize what the price point is, and they're like, ah, 50 bucks a month to not have to talk to a tenant, to not have to reply to an email, to not have to try to coordinate these appointments. Hell yeah, sign me up. So, <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to be big. You know, I, I do. I would think that the, the value props are, are different. You know, if you're if you're that startup property manager, well, you need to be boots on the ground trying to create relationships with realtors, trying to identify property owners that you can manage their properties, working with developers and, you know, really focused on networking, and growing your business, you know. And, and so that's where we can come in and, and help create efficiencies and allow them to focus on the important things. As you get bigger, you know, where you really start to see people um Using us is, is around cost savings, efficiencies, driving down days on market, driving down days vacant because across a bigger portfolio, you know, if I can cut your vacancy in half um, and then there's 40 day, $40 per day of vacancy and you manage a thousand units and you have 70 units on the market in a given month, I mean, you're starting to see some pretty significant cost savings there. So you kind of outlined like this a couple kind of personas of, of the kind of yeah. uh, customers you have and, you know, why they might use you. And it, it's actually really similar to uh, the way we uh, have profiled customers at Lateral. We came up with like a shorthand for it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tend to try and be as self-deprecating as possible in creating shorthands for <laughs> personas, <laughs> but we classified them uh, as, and actually I, I would recommend like anyone running a business do this for their customers. Cause it, yeah. it's really then easy to highlight, like who's the right person to go for, like what kind of people should you target? Yeah. But we saw uh, three kind of types of people with the different value propositions, those that were cost conscious. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, how do I, improve that, that operating margin. Like if this is 20 cents cheaper, okay, I'm going to go with that. Yep. That's profit in my pocket. Uh, hungry, which we basically kind of grouped as the people that are really just growth focused and like, I don't want to do anything else. I need to focus on growth. If I'm not, like, yeah, exactly. if I'm not know, focused on this, I'm not happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then jokingly, we classify the third as lazy, which is just like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. what's, why do I have to do it? Someone else should do it. Yep. Um, yep. Which is kind of like, you know, your, your couple units or few doors yeah. that maybe they're not intending to grow. They're just like, I just don't want to deal with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the same yeah. thing happens with maintenance. I just don't want to deal with the maintenance. Like, yeah. It, and, you know, that, that's something I, I, re I respect so much when people know what they don't want to do, right? Especially within property management. Property management is a couple of really great hats and quite a few not so great hats. And yeah. it's like, well, if I can unload some of these not so great hats, then the balance in my life is so much better. You know, that's where I think like tenant turner and lateral can come in, you know, the, the old adage of tenants and toilets, right? So it's it's that tenant <laughs> turning them and the toilets and the maintenance that's, you know, is problematic. Yeah. 
you can if you can get some extra set of hands at the appropriate price, you're just going to be happier. You know, that, that was, I mean, I remember when, when we first started and we were actually sharing space with a property management company that was using us. I remember uh, going in and I was like, Liz, how was your weekend? And they had just started using us. She was like, oh my God, it was amazing. I sat by the pool and I drank a Mai Tai and I was like, that does sound awesome. I was like, what do you <laughs> She was like, my phone is normally ringing off the hook and I'm having to chase people down and, you know, answer calls, respond to voicemails. I was like, oh God, I didn't realize I didn't realize you did that on the weekend. People, I don't, I don't think people real like outside of property management realize the things that property managers do in real estate in general, property management too. It's a 24 seven business. Like people want to see properties on Saturday. People want to go to open houses on Sunday. People's toilets break on, you know, in the middle of the night, like anything we can do as service providers to help reduce that burden and increase everybody's happiness. It's, it's a win-win. I, uh, yesterday, had a conversation with Will, who's uh, one of my co-founders. Uh, he's our CEO. He's the one that lives up in Seattle, came from Amazon. Um, but yesterday we were talking about like psychological, like uh, as an entrepreneur, a founder of a company, psychological well-being. And actually, I mean, it, it doesn't even just apply to, you know, entrepreneurs, founders of companies. It applies to anyone working hard, you know, to, to make a company happen. Um, applies to Katrina as much as it applies to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, we're talking about psychological well-being and uh, that boundary setting, which I think for a, a lot of companies, sometimes that can, you know, it's always difficult to do, but in certain situations, it can be easier. Like if you're the type of company that's, you know, a cafe and your cafe yep. is open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., yep. a little bit easier to set those boundaries, a lot harder in uh, uh, industry like property management where yeah. things are always flying off the hook like you're gonna have emergency maintenance at midnight you're gonna have a leasing calls 8 a.m to 8 p.m yeah. saturday and sunday it's not but it's, it's it becomes about how do you find that boundary and one of the the things we kind of got to in this conversation was early on i think one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur having to keep your psychological well-being and energy and focus on growth is to delegate those things that take up your recharge time and i think what really fascinates me about what tenant turner does is you give back that recharge time when you can take those weekend uh tenant calls for leasing you're giving back recharge time yep. to the founder or their team uh, i see latchel is similar but more for like the after hours like emergencies yep. like if we can take the midnight call yep. you know you, you can stay asleep <laughs> but i i see that you're you literally recharging there yeah <laughs> yeah you're literally <laughs> mentally recharging but i see the two as uh, really similar value propositions and I, I it's hard for me to imagine the property manager that takes all those weekend calls has their phone on in the middle of the night ever yep. being able to grow when they're just so mentally drained from yep. it. Yep. And, and that was one thing I do. I, I remember when I was taking the, the tenant lead calls and I remember sitting down at the dinner table and um, I remember we were really trying to impress this, this client that was helping us. We were basically like in a live data prototype stage. So we, we had the, the crux of the system up and running and data was flowing. And um, I, I really wanted to make sure we impressed her and, and, th and that the service was a value to her. And uh, I remember like she, she, she 
was very hands off as long as things were flowing. And I got a call from, you know, basically right at dinner time. And I was like, oh man, do I take it? I'm with my family. So I took it because I was like, you know, this is, this is, this is what I've agreed to. And this was, and it was her secret shopping me because she knows that's when tenant leads are going to call. They're going to call at the least opportune times. They're going to call when you're in the middle of dinner, they're right. call when you're reading your kid a bedtime <laughs> story. They're going to call, you know, it, it, at all hours of the day. And it's like, you know, you have to, you, you have to be able to have those moments. And I think you're right. Like tenant Turner Latch, we, we help, but people have those moments, have your dinner with your family, read your kid a bedtime story, spend some time with your spouse, like do the things that, allow you to to recharge and feel better about life so the next day you can get in there and get after whatever your goal is to grow to be more operationally efficient to improve the workplace for your employees whatever it is um, make sure you get that opportunity to recharge yeah I'll, I'll pair that with a data story actually really quick and, and then i'll pass it to you katrina but uh, it so we know you know tenants or prospective tenants are only going to call about vacant units while you're at dinner <laughs> it, it so happens that they also only call about maintenance while you're at dinner. Um, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. is when we yep. get the biggest spikes for maintenance calls. And it also just so happens that that's the time window when you're least likely to actually get in touch with any of the service providers to go out and perform emergency maintenance. So, so demand goes up, <laughs> supply goes down right. and it's not. Yeah. So that, that's sort of like the, the thing we focus on, but you know, imagine being an individual. Okay. Yeah. I'm there trying to eat dinner. I'm getting these calls. Then when you do take it, you're like, well, now I have to go call out to someone else to get over there to yep. fix it. And they're all at dinner too. Yep. That's, it can be a mess. It just um, creates this like peer that like just so much inefficiency for that. You know, it's, you know, yeah. and that, that's what we talk to people too about like, all right, so you don't take the call and they leave a voicemail and then you try to call them back when you're done with dinner. Well then now they're at dinner and then yeah, you leave a voicemail game, right? and then they call you, but it's like, I mean, I read something that like uh, that that it takes uh, on average thirty touch points to coordinate uh, a viewing, a showing. It's like that's insane, you know, from the initial inquiry because it is. It's because of all that. It's all the inefficiencies. Somebody's at dinner. Somebody's at lunch. Somebody didn't reply fast enough. Somebody else gets looped in. That date doesn't work. That time doesn't work. And then, but by, by the time you know it, you know, it doesn't happen. Or and with Ten and Turner, you're you're taking the thirty touch points and bringing it down to a simple automated workflow. Exactly. Like, exactly. Well said. <laughs> but, <laughs> Katrina, let me pass it over to you because I know you had a question. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think uh, we've been talking a lot about the parallels uh, with Latchel and Tenant Turner and the main value propositions that we offer to the industry and whatnot. And I think another cool topic to touch on um, is the parallels and the paths to the growth says Tenant Turner, the growth of Tenant Turner and Latchel from getting started. So Tenant Turner and Latchel both went through the Y Combinator program, which a lot of people don't know a ton about, but it's a pretty it's a pretty intense thing where you guys had to move basically to the Bay Area for three months and go through like three months of intense coaching and whatnot. So it'd be great to hear more um, experience stories about, about how that program went and how it changed the growth for your business and all the different ups and downs through that process. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, luckily for, for us, you know, we're, we're a Virginia-based company. So we started here. We went out to Silicon Valley. We did our time, learned a lot. We came back. I guess Ethan, though, got he got sucked in. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I never went in, back. All in, in San Francisco, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a, it was a great experience for us, and and we were lucky too in that um, Richmond, where we're from, has a has a surprisingly strong entrepreneurial ecosystem, um, and has one of the top ten accelerators in the country. And so we were um, invited to participate in that accelerator. That accelerator gave us, you know, uh, some grant money, some mentorship, and that was the beginning of our transition from a, a B2C company where we were, we were basically trying to sell transactionally to landlords, you know, basically solving the problem that we had for ourselves. That was our, our history um, to making the realization that, you know, property management companies, they have the same problems that the landlords do just on a completely different scale. You know, they're they're dealing with these problems all the time. A landlord might have a property that they need to get rented out once every 12, 18 months. But, you know, the property management company, they got a vacancy every day. You know, there's there's constantly going to be properties that they're putting on the market and, you know, leasing activity that needs to be, uh, you know, supported and, and, and helped through. So. Uh, Lighthouse Labs kind of got us started on that journey. Um, and that was at the end of 2014. And then the beginning of 2015, um, that's when we started, you know, building this B2B platform that supported um, companies with users and reports and administrative consoles and, and dashboards and, you know, imports and integrations and, and thinking about it as part of the property manager's toolkit. So we did a lot of research. We had charter customers in Connecticut and Florida and Virginia and, um, you know, really helped build, you know, the, the foundations of the product. Um, and then in 2015, that's when we went out to Mountain View and joined Y Combinator. And it, it, it was really such a great experience for us because it complemented what we learned on the East Coast, which is really about business fundamentals and people and creating connections. And with being out in Y Combinator is about focus and growth and finding that metric that matters and really, you know, getting after it as aggressively as possible. And um, that was just a really strong growing moment for us, not only as a company uh, and a founding team, but also just, you know, individually, like being able to stretch ourselves and push our boundaries and, you know, ultimately led to where we are today. So was awesome. there a, I'm curious if there was like a, an event or like a conversation or, or, or any specific instances that just like stick out in your head as like super memorable kind of impactful moments in either YC or Lighthouse? There, oh man, there, there's a couple. Like it's, it's so weird. That was such a simple question, but my brain just got flooded with all these, all these it's memories. Like memories coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I remember one of one of my one of my great mentors at Lighthouse Labs, still a friend of mine today. He he runs the entrepreneurship program at William and Mary, which is a top twenty five uh, university. They're they're forty five minutes away from where we're at, and. Um, uh, at the time he was working for a VC firm and he was a mentor to us. And I remember we were just sitting there in front of this whiteboard, what felt like all day, just trying to visualize the problem we're solving. And, you know, it's so funny now, as we talked at the beginning of the call, like the elevator pitch, we've, we've done it so many times. And, and I remember at the time, 
like people like what's tenant turner like i don't know what it is yeah you know <laughs> like so we're like sitting there like all right well let's draw it up and let's see if that that helps like, what's tenant turner it's like a 16 minute explanation <laughs> yeah, exactly. my god like, well, this <laughs> here and then that happens there and then this you know it's right. yeah so it was, it, that, that was such a great like growing moment it's such a great visual for me too because i just remember it was this like we're standing in front of this whiteboard we've got this funnel and it's like this giant funnel and a bunch of tenant leads at the top and then we're like kicking them out at different points in the process <laughs> until that one signs the lease at the bottom so um so yeah that, that's a that's a super memorable moment from from lighthouse and then um th there's quite a few from from y combinator um you know, as, as you guys mentioned, it's kind of a prestigious thing. Like it, it's harder to get into Y Combinator than it is to get into to, to, to Harvard. So I remember, you know, when we went out there, so they fly us out there for our interview. And um, our interview was uh, with the guy who created Gmail, the guy who created Wufu Forms, which I was an avid user of at the time. And then Jessica, who's the wife of one of the founders of Y Combinator, um, she she was on our interview panel, and unbeknownst to us, my co-founder Brandon was reading a book by her on the plane out there. And then, like you know what I mean, like it's that moment where like you're reading this book, and you're like, oh my god, this is fascinating. This is such great information. And then you go to sit down in an interview, and the person's right there <laughs> across <laughs> from you. So, um, and those are ten minute interviews, and so that was just a, that was just a kind of a crazy experience, and. I'm kind of curious, how did you feel at the end of that interview? Oh, man, like the, the adrenaline was so high, which was so weird. It, it was definitely one of those those moments where you kind of get in there and you put your 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 10 minutes in, you're answering questions. And myself and my co-founders, we're, we're best friends. So we kind of vibe off of each other really well. And we all have uh, different kind of core skill sets. And mm -hmm. and uh, I just remember just it was, it was just I don't know. I remember it being done and like. Oh my God, is it over? I feel like that was good. Do you guys feel like that was good? What just happened? What's good? <laughs> and then we went down to uh, what's the main the the main strip uh, in Mountain View, like right near the Caltrain, where all the yeah, restaurants the, are. Is it uh, El Camino? El Camino. That, yeah. It, yeah. And so we're like, we went we went down we went down there. We just grabbed some pizza, at some local pizza spot, and um, got the call from Kevin and. Uh, so yeah, we want you guys. We want you guys to to come in, and it was like, oh shit, <laughs> we're about to move to California for three months. So, uh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So it was just a crazy, crazy experience, crazy time, and you know, like I say, great growing experience personally, professionally, and then of course for the business too. So I have a funny story about that. The after the interview for for me and Will, uh, Will and I were the ones at the interview. We um did the same thing went to the main strip at mountain view except we went to an irish pub <laughs> <laughs> okay. well done and will he you know he starts talking to me and and i actually will thought we did really great and i was yeah. like i felt like the opposite because <laughs> at the very last question of the interview was something about like okay well how many engineers are on your team and we're a pretty engineering light team we only had two Right. So we go, oh, we have two engineers. And um, I think it was Aaron Harris, who who was one of our group partners, too. Yeah. It's like, well, it doesn't sound like it's a very hard problem then. 
And then literally at that moment, the knock on the door, like, get out. You get yanked out of the room. No, 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 no. I'm at 20. Just 18 haven't shown up yet. Yeah. I'm higher the other 18. And so we go and like, you know, I'm like, okay, we got, I got to get a beer. And um, while I'm drinking this beer, was like, hey, Ethan, I haven't told you this yet because I didn't want to like mess anything up before the interview. But um, my wife's pregnant. Oh. So, <laughs> so I have like the two bombs like dropped, like, okay, so you're going to be out for like how long? So he, uh, he, he actually, um, she actually just gave birth uh, five weeks ago, I guess. Oh, no. So he, he's back now. But um, yeah, that was my experience with it. And then we, we actually got the call while we were in an Uber. So that you, you went from what felt like two really bad situations to realizing that one of your close friends is having a baby and you got into Y Combinator. So that, that, is that, that, that is the startup roller coaster if that, I've ever yeah. heard it. You're like, yay, totally we're going is. to Y C. Oh my God, Aaron Harris hates us and my co-founder is going to be leaving me. And then, oh, well, there's a baby and we got in. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's the, the roller coaster of like euphoria and terror. Yeah. Yeah. But um, highs and lows, man. That's what it's all about. Exactly, and that's how it'll continue to be. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. um, hopefully, it it eventually evens out for both of us. And I think everyone listening to it doesn't matter what kind of company you're running, you, you go through that euphoria and that tear when you have that big customer that's like, "Hey, this isn't working for me." Then you have the the big prospect that's like I'm gonna go with you. It's just that roller coaster day to day. Yep. Um, before we wrap up, though, James, do you have any like feedback or tips you'd give to uh, a startup property management company that's thinking about how do I grow and scale? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely a big systems guy, and like I said, like for anybody starting anything, it's I do think it's important to do things that don't scale, experiment, and then invest your 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 learnings into the right tools. You know, I find that you know a lot of people are are afraid of you know implementing or investing into certain products because they don't want to lose that personal touch or or you know things like that. But the reality of it is like what, what we're able to provide people is greater connectivity. You know, we're, we're trying to accelerate that connection between the property manager and a prospective tenant by weeding out all the unnecessary stuff. Stop taking a hundred phone calls from people who aren't going to be your tenant and go meet the two who have the highest probability of being your tenant. So figure out, you know, based upon your process and your skills, what you want to do, what you want to outsource, what you want to automate. And then when it comes time to figure out if you want to outsource or automate, don't be afraid to, to let it go, like to let those things go so you can focus on those more important activities. James, I love that. I think everyone else is going to love it too. And I think they're going to want to get in touch with you to find out how to get started with Tenant Turner. So where, where should our listeners go to learn more? Yeah. I mean, of course, just go to tenantturner.com. Uh, we always recommend just sign up for a demo. 30 minutes of your time can save you quite a bit of effort for the rest of uh, rest of your days when you're trying to get those properties leased. So tenantturner.com or even me personally, reach out to me, james at tenantturner.com. Um, I respond to every email that comes in. So uh, if you've got questions about what we talked about today, Tenant Turner or just anything in general, I'm here for you. And a, a pro tip for anyone that didn't catch the last one, 
if you're looking for any kind of dance advice, you should also email <laughs> jameswithtenantturner.com. That's right. I'm going to be the Superman. You know, I can yeah. that. Yeah. Cha -cha I feel like since we don't have context for this, for anyone new that's listening, I have to tell this story again. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Like, you're going to have to wait till next time now to get context. Let's start the third okay, time. Okay, the cliffhanger. We've, yeah, we've already hit you know, end of the show. And, yeah. you know, we're busy people with things to do. So the cliffhanger stay tuned for the next show with james to learn more about dancing yeah it'll be a whole it'll be a dance party we'll do we'll do our virtual dance party across we'll, all the we'll lights ditch, go down just the drinks yeah. go for we disco can't lights can't teach you line dancing <laughs> not yet not yet not yet yeah. we'll, we'll educate ourselves on that we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. you know what? maybe that's what we'll do we'll come back with a whole uh, a whole arsenal of, of new dance moves yeah it's our show on James <laughs> that's that's right. You know, why Brought not? to you by James yeah. from Tenant Turner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy to respond to that one. <laughs> James, thanks so much for coming back and doing this with us. Super appreciate it. Uh, Katrina, thanks for joining and co-hosting with me. And for everyone else, join us again next week. Again, we do the live sessions at 1 p.m. PST every Thursday. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's because you've downloaded it on google player itunes but definitely head over to tenantrainer.com uh, book a demo with james and head over to latchel.com too and book a demo with me because i'd love to talk to you too thanks everybody All right. thanks season thanks katrina see you guys thanks everyone for tuning in subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date hit that subscribe button give us some love maybe give us a five-star review too if you like what you're hearing and I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We wanna hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.